Today in Security from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Palo Alto Networks has the broadest, most comprehensive cybersecurity for private cloud, public cloud, and SaaS environments because secure clouds are happy clouds. Protect yours today at go.paloaltonetworks.com slash secure clouds. Security news this week. Oh, good. Hackers be two-factor to rob bank accounts by the Wired staff. Congratulations, you've gotten through the week of the Google Docs phishing ploy that rocked the world, or at least a vocal corner of the media. Speaking of speaking out, FBI Director James Comey this week gave his most thorough explanation yet of the election-rocking Clinton investigation letter he gave last fall, though it's unlikely to satisfy critics. Oh, and apps can use your phone's mic to listen for marketing beacons your ears can't hear. Fun! In other news, hackers tried to extort Netflix by threatening to put the unreleased upcoming season of Orange is the New Black online, a pretty serious miscalculation. Intel fixed a seven-year-old bug that left enterprise machines exposed. Researchers figured out how to hack a 220-pound industrial robot arm, which is how the uprising starts. Fancy Bear continues to hack on Russia's behalf despite those U.S. sanctions last fall. South Korea's missile defense system has gone operational, but doesn't provide as much cover as you'd think. And the U.S. improved on last year's last-place finish in NATO's cyber defense games, but could still maybe use some work. And there's more. Each Saturday, we round up the news stories that we didn't break or cover in depth, but that still deserve your attention. The Hacker Squad That's Taking On Casual Dining Chipotle appears to be just the latest food service victim of a hacker group known as Fin7, or Carbonac Group, according to a report from CyberScoop. The group has previously struck Baja Fresh, Ruby Tuesdays, and over a dozen other hospitality companies over the past year or so. As is so often the case, a successful phishing email was to blame for the intrusion. The motivation appears to be, surprise, financial, which at least offers a change of pace from the nation-state shenanigans of recent months. Cloudflare helps neo-Nazis identify their online critics. 
So-called content deliver networks like Cloudflare are meant to act as the pipes that serve up websites on behalf of their clients, in theory, without censorship or preference for any political viewpoint. But according to some critics, Cloudflare has taken that free speech approach too far. It not only hosts abhorrent neo-Nazi websites like The Daily Stormer, a report from ProPublica points out, but also reports anyone who asks it to stop hosting those sites to the site's owners, leading to multiple cases of abuse and retaliation. Although Cloudflare warns anyone who protests its hosting practices that it will alert the controversial site in question, some people who've made those complaints missed the warning. They were then surprised to find that sites like the Daily Stormer, which traffics in vile, racist, anti-Semitic, and misogynist content, were notified of their identifying details. One man who protested Cloudflare's hosting of the site, for instance, received dozens of hate-filled messages and even menacing references to his children. Creator of Playpen Child Pornography Dark Website Gets 30 Years For the last three years, the child pornography site Playpen has represented both the worst of the dark web and the most controversial methods U.S. law enforcement would resort to in chasing its criminals. After quietly seizing the site's server in December of 2014 and arresting its Florida-based creator, Stephen Chase, the FBI continued to run the site for two weeks, using it to indiscriminately hack into the PCs of every visitor to the site. Now, the case at the center of that vast hacking operation has found closure. A North Carolina court on Monday sentenced Chase to 30 years in prison for child pornography charges and engaging in a child exploitation enterprise. Beyond Chase, the case has resulted in close to 900 arrests around the world, the FBI wrote in a statement celebrating Chase's sentencing, and led to 296 exploited children being identified or rescued. It also demonstrates just how broad the FBI's hacking powers have become. With a single warrant, the Bureau can hack thousands of computers around the globe. Hackers use SS7 telephony flaw to defeat two-factor authentication. Security researchers have warned for years that a gaping security hole has persisted at the heart of the global telephony system. Signaling System 7, or SS7, is designed to connect phone calls between phone networks, but can easily be hijacked by any carrier or carrier impersonator that decides to maliciously reroute calls. Now, cybercriminals have finally cashed in on that long-lingering flaw. The German phone company O2 Telefonica reported this week that hackers had used an SS7 attack to steal the text messages sent to banking customers as part of their two-factor authentication scheme. After planting malware on the victims' computers to steal their passwords, the hackers also intercepted the one-time code sent over SMS when the hackers attempted to use those credentials, defeating that phone-based protection measure. The phone companies can't say they weren't warned. The technique was presented in 2014 at the Chaos Communication Conference. Last year, hackers demonstrated it again for 60 minutes, using it to wiretap a congressman on camera. And we at Wired warned that the SS7 flaw is another reason you should stop using text messages for authentication. 
That advice applies now more than ever. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.